made so we can build our relationship. And we know we've looked into the life of Abraham, and we've taken a brief tour from Abraham over to, to David. Both of these godly men have had to wait, and wait an exceedingly long period of time in our eyes, obviously not in God's eyes. So I wrote this up here just to remind us where God's increasing our faith, our trust and faith through demands, through difficulties, and we're on delays, and we talked about what are the delays for? Why doesn't God just, you know, say you're going to have a kid, and you have a kid in nine months? You know, you're going to be king, and, you know, next month you're king. We've got these built-in delays into our life to purify us, right? We saw how he was purifying Abraham to provide for us, and in the provision, he's showing us who he is and our faith is growing. He's revealing himself to us. So delays are very important. They're part of God's plan for, lot, for us. But we're moving into, okay, well, how should we respond to these delays? So he's got me in the wilderness. He's got me in the desert. Why doesn't he come and remove me from this situation? Wouldn't that be nice? But he doesn't come and remove us. He leaves us there, but what does he do? He comes alongside of us. Right? And he starts developing this relationship so we can begin trusting him. He gives us everything we need to walk through the valley, through the valley, we don't stay in it, to walk through the desert, um, the wilderness, these you know, difficult times in our life. But there's a qualification. We need to respond correctly. So I'm trying to make this easy so you guys can remember. We talked about the actions that we're to take when we're in the wilderness, in the desert, when we're waiting, you know, God's given you a promise on your heart, but nothing's happening. You don't see anything moving, or you have some difficulty physically, emotionally, relationship, and God isn't delivering you. He's not taking you out of it. He's leaving you in it. How am I to respond? So we talked about actions, and we looked at Psalm 62. I'll briefly go over these again. Does anybody want to read Psalm 62? It's not that long of... Truly my soul silently waits for God, for on Him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you, like a leaning wall in a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Selah. My soul... Wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Surely men of low degree are a vapor. Men of high degree are a lie. If they are weighed on the scales, they are altogether lighter than vapor. Do not trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy, for you render to each one according to his work. Very good. So thank you. So this is David. Remember, David's been given a promise at an age around 15. He doesn't become king till 30. And he's running for his life most of the time. Um, so this is, it's amazing how God uses the lives of these, his servants to bless us now, because as we go through this, we see how David responded 
in a godly fashion, and we can follow that, we can model that in our own life. So we went through the actions we're to take. And the first, does ever, anybody know what the S is? We're to, it's our... Seek. Seek, exactly. <laughs> we're to seek him. And what we learn in this psalm, we see David, um, he says, my soul finds rest, my soul waits alone, my salvation is in him. He's putting his heart in communion with God. But then he goes on to say, um, I, my heart, I cry out, my soul cries out, for God, so he's resting in God, but yet he's crying out for God. That's seeking God, right? You're pouring out your heart to him, yet you're resting and waiting and listening and reading the word of God for him to speak back to you. So we're seeking God. We're bringing our spirit in communion with him. Now, um, so as I'm resting, as my soul waits silently for him, why doesn't God come right away? I'm seeking him. Why isn't it typically an automatic, okay, here's your answer. Obviously, David is going through this, 15 years or so of this. What's happening? What's God doing? Purifying. Purifying, okay. And remember what... Thinking about Abraham and... Um, uh, Af um, he had to wait a long time. Right, and God, very long. Um, God was faithful to his word. So maybe, <clears throat> maybe after, once he had the baby, he and Sarah could see, or he, or whatever, both. Maybe once it happens, because, you know, we're, gonna, we're waiting. But, um, like Alicia was talking about, um, Mark going away. So probably now she can teach us about that waiting even though she probably didn't do it perfectly. So, right. I guess it just, like you have up there, matures us. Right. He's trying to develop this relationship. Remember, if we can get the big picture on life, the big picture in life is not how much I accumulate and acquire. It's not even how many people are saved through me. It's not how many religious things I do. That's not the big picture in life. The big picture in life is my intimate walk with Jesus Christ. That's it. We've got to get that focus in line so when we're going through this and God's delaying and he's not answering and I'm getting frustrated with God and it's like sometimes I say this to God, how long will you assault a man? How long are you going to assault me, God? Because I know you're in control. I know you're sovereign and you're letting this pressure on me. My focus isn't right. All right, the big picture is God's pruning me up. He's removing anything in me that's a barrier to my relationship with him. So we have to continue. If... if Seeking God is going to work for us. It has to be a consistent, persistent process because we know we can't really expect an answer the next day, most of the time. It may be a week, it may be a month, it may be years. So this is going to require discipline. If you don't have that discipline active in you, you know you have a spirit of discipline. The Holy Spirit's in you. And as we let the Holy Spirit work through us, we will have discipline to seek Him daily. We can't expect... If we don't persist, because again, it's about the relationship. If I just get with God and get what I want and go away, that's not a relationship. Okay, so he's going he's gonna to wait. He's going to delay. We're going to have to continue to seek him. <clears throat> Does anybody know what the T is? Should remember. Trust. So what does he say? Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. 
How do you think David should have responded? I mean, listen what he's going through. How long will you assault the man? Would all of you throw him down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in these lies. Their mouths, they bless, and their hearts, they curse. He's struggling. And we know what's happened. Hey, you're going to be king. One day goes by, week, month, year, I'm not king. In fact, I'm running for my life. Samuel, you're bogus. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm done with this. Forget this. I'm just going to say, I don't want to be king. I'd rather live. How should he respond? Should he take up his arms and kill Saul? Hey, it's my rightful spot. Samuel's given it to me. I mean, what are we going through that we're going through the same struggle? Should I take matters into my own hands? Should I eliminate the problem? Should I quit and give up and walk away? What did David do? What did he tell us to do as he's doing? Right, to trust, to take refuge in God, to trust him. We are going to be called to trust the Lord, not what we feel, not what we see, not what others are telling us, to trust in what his promises and who he is. All right, so we're going to have to trust in his promises and who he is, not what we feel, not what we see. It's very, very critical. As we wait, we must trust. It erases the doubt and the anxiety. We all can be filled with doubts and we can get anxious the more we think about these problems. I'm sure David is, is, you know, we read the Psalms and we know he can get depressed and down. It's like, God, where are you? You told me I'm to be king, yet I'm fighting for my life every day. It can be very anxious, or anxiety can be provoked. Depression can set in. To guard against that, we trust in his promises. That means we've got to know the promises. We trust in who he is. That means we have to know who he is. And he gives us a little glimpse at the end, right? What he's trusting in. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, that you, O oh God, are stronger, that power belongs to you, and that you, O oh Lord, are loving. Steadfast love and mercy belong to you. We trust his sovereignty, his power. We trust his love for us. When we focus on that, the anxieties will fade. So it requires us to really be fixed and focused on him, but to know him. They're the anchors. Power, love, his sovereignty, his care for us are the anchors to our trust. All right, what's the O? <clears throat> obey. Obey. Obey, obey, obey. And it's going to be a part of everything that God asks us to do. If you love me, you will obey me. There's a component of obedience here in in Psalm 62. We don't necessarily see that. He says, surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. Um, What we talked about a little bit from my life, um, when we talk about obedience, oftentimes the Lord is going to delay because we're not obedient in a certain area of our life. So remember, I'm pointing, where should I go to medical school? I don't know. And all the while, God's telling me, listen, you're not obeying me over here. Obey me here first. Mary Gina, she's the one I have for you. So in that obedience, then he opened up where I should go to school. Um, But many times, the delay, God's waiting on us. We think we're waiting on God, and God's saying, no, no, I'm waiting on you to be obedient to what I've told you. 
And if there's not a particular thing that comes to your mind or your heart where you feel you're, you're out of the will of God or being disobedient, then we have to make sure we're obeying the known will of God. So when I was coming out of high school, God, what do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? I just want to do what you want me to do. I never heard anything, but what was impressed upon my spirit was just obey what I've told you to do, and I'll take care of the details. And he's done it in my life. I can say that I didn't know all the details, and I still don't know, but as we obey his knowing will, how to live your life, how to treat people, etc., um, he takes care of the other details. So while we're waiting, we are obeying. We're obeying what we already know in his revealed will and being sure that we're not not obeying what he's already told us to do because we're afraid, because we don't like what he's told us, whatever. And it may be something totally different um, than what we're seeking him for. So obedience is critical. Do you know what the R is? Remain. Remain, good. The tendency is, and I think that's why we see, when I read this about David, it's like he could have taken matters into his own hands. And we know the story. He had two opportunities to kill Saul. And nobody probably would have faulted him, right? I mean, Saul's trying to kill you. You're the king by Samuel's appointment, um, anointing him king, but he didn't. He remained in the wilderness, in the desert, in the frustrating, under, you know, constant attack from, and I'm not talking about remaining in a situation in today's time, because people will come and say, well, you want me to remain in this relationship and I'm going to be killed? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the situation we're in, we feel like we're under assault, we feel like we're under attack, we don't hear God, we see it in David's life. And he remained. He didn't give up. He didn't manipulate. He didn't try to take matters into his own hands. He said, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to wait upon you. And that's critical to remain in our current position until God moves you. And James brought up in my life, okay, well, you're going down basketball, going down basketball. Why'd you switch? Why didn't you remain? I did remain. And I remained longer than I wanted to remain or I thought I needed to remain. And God blessed me during that. But he changed my heart's desire and moved me away from basketball into medicine. So it was only at his direction did I leave. I was willing to wait because um, it was not going well at Irvine after the first year and had options out after the second year and said no, the third year was even worse. Um, and then he opened up the door to play and then as basketball went on, I don't mean to go back to that story, but ask, and James asked a great question. He basically was taking my love away for basketball and moving me in a different direction. So it was out of obedience that I left the position I was in, which is critical. I remain. We need to remain. And we know it's hard because we see, oh, my job isn't good, and I don't like the people I work with. This stinks. So I'm bailing out of here. Well, okay, only bail if God's telling you to bail, which requires you to seek him which requires you to trust him. All right, so there's this process that goes on, but most people bail. Things get a little heated, I'm out of here. I'm not saying that's not God's will for you, but I would make sure it's God's will for you. And that's why we, we have so many Christians living unconfidently. There's no confidence. There's no peace. The, the storms blow and they bail. 
If you know God wants you there, David knew, listen, I'm going to be on the throne. That's God's promise to me. I don't care who's assaulting me, who's attacking me. In the end, I'm going to be on the throne. I can't tell you when, but I'm going to be there because it's God's will. That's the approach. When you know God wants you where you're at, you have that confidence. You have that security that God will do what it takes to get you there. Did you raise your hand? No. Yeah. No, you just put your arm on me. Um, so anyways, remain in our current position until you receive direction or you see God's hand moving you to the next place. Okay? What's the E? I changed the E up because the E is going in our next section. What's that? Express praise is a good one. I said this. I said, examine your life. <clears throat> Yes, well, expect, expectation or uh, ex, expect, ex, might have been express. I was just changing some. Right, right. Well, no, that's wait and expectation. Um, so I changed it up, I'm telling you that, because I thought about it and I was reading. You're not a mathematician. I'm not. Um, so the but what I was when I kept reading this over and over and I'm thinking David's penning this David's heart what where is he what's going on with David what's the Holy Spirit teaching him and I I just I see what he's doing in his mind you know he's saying I'm resting in God alone it's God alone my hope is in God alone I'm trusting God alone he's my refuge and I I just see an expression of faith and trust He's examining, I think, because all of these are temptations. I'm going to run somewhere else. Something else is my refuge. Something, some person, some army is my salvation. Right? And, and he's saying, no. Um, Lowborn men are but a breath. The highborn men are but a lie. So men aren't our salvation. He can't trust in them. Then he talks about money. And he talks about, you know, extortion and stealing. And all these things are ways out. They're all ways out. And he's saying, no, I'm not going to take them. So he's examining. We need to examine our life and see if our focus is on God alone. Or is our focus on how am I going to get out of this situation? What can I do? Oh, my money can do this or my influence can do this. We have to watch out for these distractions or these counterfeits that come along and they provide salvation or a refuge. It has to be God, Jesus, and Jesus alone. So watch out. Make sure you're not manipulating or using your own power and strength to get what you want. All right, so be very careful. Examine your life during the waiting period. Okay, so what is the attitude we're supposed to wait with? I put copes, so that was store. You guys are always going to remember that. Don't get fooled by the E now. The E is examine. I won't change it on you, Carmel. <laughs> um, now it's copes. So what attitude should we have? And I, I you know, basically went through the Psalms because David is... is you know, most of them are written by David, not everyone, but the Psalms in, in and of themselves are going to tell us what kind of attitude. Did you, would you agree with me that waiting is an act of obedience? Mm -hmm. But people around you are going to say, go, you got to move, come on, do something. But if we read the scriptures, we see how valuable waiting is. And God's telling us, wait, wait. So waiting is an act of obedience. Um, don't be afraid to act when he tells you to act, of course. There'll be a moment when he's saying, okay, now's the time to move. And you've got to step out in faith. Step out in courage. 
um, confidently. But anyways, how are we to wait? That leads me to the C. Psalm 27, 13 through 14. So we're going to stay mostly in the Psalms here and see what the psalmist, and many times it's David, writing to us. Um, what does he say in Psalm 27? 13, 14. I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the living, or the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Exactly. So we know what David's going through. Let's see. Um, so he talks about confident and courage. I'm still confident of this. It is a Psalm of David, Psalm 27. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He's waiting confidently. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord or be courageous. So we're to wait with an attitude of what? And courage. Will the Lord ever let you be put to shame if you're waiting on him? Is the Lord going to let one of his children be put to shame if you're, I'm waiting on God? He will not. Will he let Jesus be shamed? I guess in a way, but Maybe in a way, this is, you were just saying, <coughs> be ashamed, but I don't think Jesus uh, was ashamed. He was not ashamed. I, said, right. I missed it. I yeah. said shame. I would say when you're acting in obedience, sometimes you're, you're persecuted and you might right. feel like... Yes. Right, that's what. Because Jess and I, we, we acted on a child that stole in the neighborhood from us. Uh -huh. Instead of being um, prosecuted and sent to jail, we asked the police officer if we could take him to church. And, and, we, and we did. Of course, the neighborhood just persecuted us over this. Right. They could not stand it. Sure. And of course, his mom said, He's not going to walk up there and tip the Lord. I said, Well, that's up to him. Right. But, anyways, I think the loss was sure. When we're waiting for that, mm -hmm. at the end, when I see him on a field as a referee, mm -hmm. he comes up to me later and says, thank you for that. Right. Amen. That's exactly right. So it may seem outwardly <clears throat> that we're being shamed, or we are ashamed, but in the end, he, God will have the victory. In the end, God will get the glory for our acts of obedience and waiting and trusting on him. All right, so that's the C, courageously and confidently. Now let's move on. C squared, yes. that's right. That's <laughs> so let's move on to, to the O, and we've already talked about the O, but this is a spirit of what? Obedience. Obedience. So we're to wait obediently. Let's go to I'm gonna I'm gonna step let's just go to Psalm thirty seven thirty four. Psalm thirty seven verse thirty four. I'm getting this from David again. Remember what he's going through. Thirty seven thirty four. What does he say? Anybody got that? Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. Exactly. So wait for the Lord and keep his way. I cannot tell you how important it is, again, to have a spirit of obedience. When we're seeking God, we have a hunger to obey him. And most of the time when I'm seeking and waiting upon God, it's a wonderful period, and we'll talk about it when we get into decisions how decisions grow our faith but he's going to bring up something totally outside of what i'm waiting and seeking on and it's some area of my life that he wants me to correct okay so we have to obey what he's telling us we can't expect to hear what we're really wanting to hear if we're not obeying what he is telling us and he's telling it for a reason all right so if there's something 
in your life, he's going to put his gentle finger on it. That's not right. If we have a spirit of obedience, if we're waiting obediently, it doesn't matter what he tells us to do. It may be totally unrelated. We're going to do it. All right, so have a spirit, spirit of obedience as we wait for the Lord. Keep his way. So again, obey the known will of God while you're waiting. All right, and we can go to, I think Isaiah I had on there too. Isaiah 26, 8 also confirms this. So go back a little bit in your Bible, or forward, I should say, however you want to look at it. Isaiah 20, 26, 8. Anybody have that? Anybody got that? Isaiah 26, 8. Yes, in the way of your judgments, O Lord, we have waited for you. The desire of our soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. Very good. So in the NIV it says, Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Okay, so while we're waiting, we're being obedient. We have a spirit of obedience, an attitude of obedience, no matter what it is. If I'm unforgiving, you know what? It's probably more important to me deal with that unforgiveness than what the Lord needs to tell me. All right? If I'm angry, unrighteous anger, and the Lord may want to deal with that with us. We use these delays to let the Lord purify us. Okay, Lord, I know you haven't given me that kind of spirit, spirit of anger and unforgiveness. No. So, Lord, let your spirit work through me. I don't have to muster up this it comes from the lord i just have to let the lord live it out through me so we wait confidently courageously we wait obediently what's the p peacefully Peacefully. patiently very good maybe it's p squared turn back to psalm 37 back to psalm 37 again david 37 7 and 8 37, 7 through 8. Anybody have that? I do. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. Very good. And Carl read that, and that's maybe appropriate for Carl. (laughs) As he's dealing with the city council, and they supposedly have control over the decision we know god god has control over it and we can be still we can wait patiently for god knowing that he's in control and if it looks and it appears like man is getting their way or the evil one is winning it's okay because we know god has it all for he's got it all in his hand and he loves us and he's good so we can trust him but it's very important that when we're waiting, we're not fretting and we're not becoming angry. Why doesn't he do this? He should do this. They should respond this way. And when we're looking for somebody else, something else, it's going to cause this fretting, this anger. When I turn my attention to Jesus and say, Sovereign God, you're in control. You love me. You are in control of every second of my life, every detail of my life. The fretting goes away. So we wait patiently for the Lord to act without fretting, peacefully, no anger. You can get mad at those people who seem to be in control of your life that are causing you pain and heartache. You can get angry when they're succeeding in their way, but that's not the way we're 
we are to wait. We're to wait peacefully, knowing who's in control, patiently, knowing that God's timing is perfect. And he's accomplishing his purpose in us. Again, the big picture. Remember the big picture. The big picture isn't I get what I want. The big picture is my relationship with Jesus grows intimately. All right. Um, So that's the P. Patiently and peacefully. What's the E? So now we're back to the E. Expectantly. Expectantly. Very good. So I am to wait with this expectation. I'm looking. I'm looking down the horizon. Okay, God, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm expecting you to show me. Uh, that, that attunes our ears, our heart. It's sensitive. So what? let's turn to Psalm 33, 20. 33, 20. We don't know the author of this. Uh, what does that say? And you can read 21 and 22 for that matter. They're all good. <coughs> Psalm 33, 20. Through 22. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Very good. So we wait in hope or we wait in expectation. It says it also in Psalm 62, well, the one we just read, 62.5. We wait in expectation. We wait in hope for the Lord. Why? He is our help. He's our shield. All right. We trust and his holy name, and his unfailing love. Can yeah. I add another verse to that? Yeah. I like Psalm 5, verse 3. That's in the morning, the Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I labor, and I trust before you, and wait in expectation. Amen. So that was, what was that? Psalm, Psalm 5, verse 3. Psalm 5, verse 3. Very good. So write that one down, too. That's excellent. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and wait in expectation. Very good. So knowing God's coming. He's coming. And we wait with that expectant heart. And I think that brings a little joy when we know he's coming. He's coming. I'm going to wait. That brings us joy. Okay, what's the S? The S. Silently. Exactly. Let's go to Lamentations. So I'm taking you out of Psalms. Lamentations comes after Jeremiah. Lamentations. So this is the attitude we're to have when we're waiting, right? Confident, courageous, obedient, patient, peaceful, expecting. There's a hope, there's a joy that comes. And now we're on to S silently. Anybody want to read that? Lamentations. We all know Lamentations 3.23, right? The mercies, they're new. Let's see. Um, so 24 through 26. I think I wrote down here. What does it say? Yeah, 24 through 26. Chapter 3. Chapter 3, yes, ma'am. Anybody have that? The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Good to wait quietly quietly or silently for the salvation of the Lord. It's good to wait silently. I like what this says. I mean, we're getting this over and over. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, right? That's what he told Abraham. Hey, Abraham, it's not the blessing of the land. It's not the blessing of a son. I'm your reward. Here, Jeremiah is saying it. 
The Lord is my portion. He's what I need. He's what I want. Again, it's this relationship that we're after. And if we can view our life in that perspective, everything changes. The big picture is God's growing me into a deeper walk with Him. But as I'm waiting in these difficult times, we live here now in these dark times, these wilderness times, we're to wait silently or quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And what has he said? I'd ask you guys, do you want the Lord to be good, good to you? Then wait for him, right? The Lord is good to those who wait for him, who's hoping is him, who seeks him. Who doesn't want the Lord to be good to them? Um, all right, so there you have it, copes. Our attitude should be copes. If we respond correctly, this is what's going to happen. Um, you and I have a couple that we mentor in the Missionary Development Program, uh-huh. the MDP. But it doesn't stand for this. I just remember it that way. Because it is, you know, when we receive all this from the Lord and we grow deeper, it's a natural outpouring of our life to want to share it with others, to want to be the light, to want to be a missionary. What God gives us and teaches us, we don't keep for ourselves. We let it go through us and teach and admonish and encourage others. But if we respond correctly, a correct response, this is what's going to happen. We sort of talked about this before. But he's going to mature our faith, right? That's why we're talking about it. Increase our trust. He's going to drive us to the Word. Okay? In doing so, he's going to deepen our walk with him. This is what we're after. And he's preparing us for future service. Okay, so again, it doesn't stay with us. The Lord's going to bless us with Himself. We're going to see His hand working. Our faith's going to grow. But it doesn't stay with us. This is meant to be shared with others. All right? So He's preparing us for future service as He's delaying. Okay, so remember that. What did I put? Um, turns our faith, drives us to the Word, deepens our trust in Him, um, deepens our intimacy, and draws us closer to Him. That's what's happening if we respond correctly you will come out of the delay much more like Christ than you were before, and you'll appreciate the delay. We saw what happened to Abraham, right? Look at Abraham in the beginning and Abraham in the end. It was all about this child, right? Everything was focused. I need to get this child, but God, you haven't given me a child. Da, 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 da. And at the end, he says, give me that child. The next day, he got up and gave him. You saw what happened during that 20, 30, 25-year span to Abraham. And it's happening to us if we're going to respond correctly. So I caution you, don't look to anything else or anybody else. You'll only fret, you'll get discouraged. As the psalm said in 62, it's God alone. He's our refuge. And that doesn't mean he's not going to work through somebody else, but we're not looking to somebody else to fix the problem. We're going to God. He's our refuge. He's our hope. He's our security. So be careful. You're not looking to something or somebody else. Remember, now this is what I saw David doing. No matter what we're going through, we can hide, be protected in Jesus. No matter what we're going through, we have that protection. We can hide. So you can hide in Jesus no matter what's going on in your life. Don't forget this amazing grace. That no matter where I, what's happening, I can find shelter and refuge in the presence of Jesus. It's not that David, you know, we see the 
awesomeness of him, his writings in here. If only he always heeded it. Uh, look at the time when he numbered what the truth right. Israel had and God specifically told him not to. Mm-hmm. And then the punishment that came of it. The fallout. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people like slaughtered. Right, the, the fallout, exactly. So it is a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, should I be worried when I'm waiting? I think waiting on God is one of the most important lessons to learn in the Christian walk. It goes hand in hand with listening to God. So it's very important. It is an act of obedience. How do I know? what? I'm getting worried. I'm waiting so long. I put as long as you're living in obedience to God, you're on the right course. Don't worry. You're in the waiting time. Hey, I'm living as much as I know in obedience to God. Don't worry. The Holy Spirit will let you know when it's time to move, time to act. He'll let you know if your life's not in conformity to his will. So there's no worries. I'm committed to obedience. I'm waiting. I'm, I don't have to worry. I can remain. I can be confident. I said if we can learn to wait upon God and trust in the Lord, we will walk in the center of his will no matter what God allows in your life. No matter what happens. All right, got to get going. Um, so remember, God's going to help you in the waiting period. Don't back off. His grace will be there. Um, All right, I'm going to close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful. Grateful for your word, for your Holy Spirit to help us live out the word. Grateful that you want a relationship with us. Grateful that you came for that very purpose, that you gave up yourself to have a relationship with us. I pray that we would never spurn that grace, but that we would grow deeper and deeper in love with you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. So not this Wednesday, the following Wednesday, we'll start talking about being in step with God. Daddy. Hey.